All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Sick Moms Podcast, where we talk about the dirty, dirty that moms face with mental health and wellness issues. Uh, please remember that I'm not a professional and nothing we say here can be taken as medical advice. This is simply an, an opportunity to open up uh, safe space for conversations. If you are in crisis, please call 988. If you are in danger, please call 911. And now I get to introduce you to my friend, Angie Ritchie. I have known Angela since high school, maybe middle school, but I remember high school. Uh, she was always, you know, the bubbly girl jumping around in the in the hallways, just full of life, so much energy, made everybody smile. And, uh, you know, we follow each other on Facebook. And over the last couple of years, I've watched her share her experience with traumatic brain injury. Um, she's definitely not one to hold back. She doesn't pull punches. She talks about you know, being in the shit with this TBI. And, you know, she also has two little kids and she's a single mom. So she's going to give us a lot of insight into how, how TBI affects so many people, but especially moms of young children. So Angela, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate you being here. Um, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I feel like with a TBI, like all the pillars kind of like crumble. It's not just one thing that's affected. And so I'm kind of pulling out of like the financial slump now a little bit, like on the uphill rise there. So that's good at least, but um, I'm still in the thick of it. Yeah. And like cognitive wise, I've come so, so far, but I'm still like, I still see the deficient there. Like, it's so strange to me that I can see where I'm not the same. Like I'm still, I still think as my, my old self, but I'm kind of watching this like person that is a little bit less capable than I was like try to run the show. And I'm like, let's pull it together over here. <laughs> <laughs> got, it, got it. So, so that's so, so interesting. I, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with, traumatic brain injury. My son experienced traumatic brain injury when he was young and it's something that he healed from, took some time. Uh, but you know, little kids' brains, they heal a little bit differently than grown up brains, right? So, I mean, tell me what are what are the symptoms, what are the symptoms like? How is it impacting your daily life? So the, there's so many symptoms and really it's like different for every person because it's like, every TBI is like a thumbprint, you know, it's like every person is different, every place they have the injuries different. And like the general symptoms can be even widely different. Like for me, I feel like I've struggled the most with the emotional things like the, and like the mental illness kind of stuff too. And then also, um, cognitively like as far as being able to recall what word I'm trying to pull out of my head or retaining information I read um focusing and organization like I was always so on top of everything like I was a preschool teacher like I was like everything in its place you know and like 
ready to go. And now I'm just like, I can't even pull together like a schedule that pulls in like my kids' like lessons and chores for all of us and my work stuff and like life stuff and appointments. Like I can't do that on my own. Like it's too many balls in the air to juggle for me. I have to break things down like really small. And I found that like a lot of the ADHD apps help me like to learn how to like cope with things or for like strategies and tools to put in my toolbox that I can pull out when I need them. It's a matter of remembering to pull those out, you know, but um, I, when I've had some of those apps, it helps because the apps all say like, do you struggle with this? Do you struggle with that? Yeah, I do. But I, I don't have ADHD. I have a brain injury, but a lot of the things are the same. Right. So it's presenting in similar ways that ADHD will present for you. Mm -hmm. As it does in adults. Yeah. 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 Like I'll get hyper fixated on things and I have no, no concept of time. Like I could be, when I was dating a lot, like the first year I got my TBI, I would have dates come and I'd know what time they're coming. And I'm like, not even ready. I'm like, oh, I'm doing my makeup. And I'd like, be like, why don't you just watch me do my makeup for a while? And I'd set my makeup brush down and I would like go lose it and start looking for it. And then I'd go off and see, oh, there's laundry on my bed. I'm in a full, it would take me five hours. Like these guys would like go on one date with me and they'd be like, I'm out of here. Like this lady's nuts. Oh, I don't have the patience, huh? I I don't expect people to like. I'm just like I tell everybody I know. I'm like I need a babysitter, like somebody that just kind of like keeps me on task. Like, remember you were gonna do this today? Did you follow up with that doctor? Like, did you you know like oh you were peeling potatoes? Here's your potato peeler. You left it over there. Like, if I had some somebody to babysit me, my day would go by so much smoother. I'd get so much more accomplished. Like what I can do in one day is way less than what I could do before. Even now, like my, um, the fatigue isn't as bad anymore. And I'm not like as tired during the day as I was in the beginning. Um, in the beginning, I slept so much that like, I was scared that my, my kids don't listen. <laughs> I was so scared that they would like do something naughty, leave the house without permission. They're so young and like something would happen to them. And then, then what, you know what I mean? Like, I was so scared of that. I remember watching that part of it and thinking, man, that's rough because your kids have done some naughty things, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, (laughs) I cannot believe this just happened. And it's not, it's not like it's, I mean, they're kids, they're going to do dumb things. And if you, you know, maybe hadn't had the TBI and had been able to be more present, it wouldn't have escalated, but Mm -hmm the fact is you do have traumatic brain injury. And so there are limitations on you and you're going to struggle in ways being a parent that someone without TBI will never comprehend. That's so true. Like, so even like as a preschool teacher, I know how to handle young kids, you know, and I know you have to follow through, but with my daughter, I can't follow through because she will flood my brain with a tantrum. And I'm just like, I need to get away from this noise. Like, I can't have this. And she knows that. She's realized that. And she uses it as like a manipulation tool to like get her way, basically. Like, oh, let's get rid of mom. Let's make her pass out for the night. You know? like. <laughs> oh, kids are so smart. 
yeah, she makes it really difficult. My Ava, she's something else. <laughs> no, she's a doll, but you don't know. No, I get it. Kids, kids know how to push those buttons and, you know, where to, uh, where to get reactions from you. And that's, that's crazy. So, so you talked something, I'm an emotional person. So I always, you know, those kind of things always present itself in, in my brain. You said that you have a hard time with emotional regulation. What has been that been like for you and, and, you know, having relationships with friends, family, romantic partners? It's been like hell. It's been horrible. Like I literally feel like an angsty teenager all the time. And like things that like, I shouldn't get so upset with. I'm like, this is something I shouldn't be so upset with it. I'm just like rageful. I don't have so much as the, of the rage anymore. Like a lot of it has been like, it's progressed and changed over time. Like I had a lot of rage at first, but I feel like um, I was also grieving the loss of myself and like my life as it was, you know, cause I can't drive. So mm-hmm. like, cause I have seizures. So my license was taken away over a year ago and I just feel like cooped up, you know, I don't know. People don't really take the time. Like they don't want to take the time out of their life because they're busy. They have their own life to like take you to go even just pick up a grocery pickup, like 15 minutes, you know, it's a hassle. So you're definitely like not thinking about the fact that I also like am losing that chance to like go and pick my own fruits and vegetables out, walk through a store, browse, like I don't get to have the same experiences in life. Like I don't have a lot of choice or independence anymore. And it's very like frustrating for me. So there's like tons of aggression. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say bitterness, but it's like. It's it's like resentfulness. Yes. It's like resent. Mm-hmm. And so I get really like angry, um, especially when people aren't like compassionate toward like like they don't think of like what I need in a situation or like maybe you go somewhere with friends or something and they want to go do like five different things, but you're tired after one thing. And when you get tired, you get cranky. And then, you know, it's just, you have to really listen to your body and you can't do as much as everyone else anymore. Like crowds um, will wear you out. Like there's just too much stimulus coming in. And the way that we filter things, we don't have those filters that people, other people have. So it's coming at us all at once. Like this person's conversation, the background music, the dinging of the dishes or, you know, like everything just hits you and you're like, whoa, and it exhausts you. Um, I remember one time going into the grocery store and it was busy. And as soon as I walked in, it was like way crowded. I felt like I was underwater. Everything sounded underwater to me. And I went in there to get like the few ingredients I needed for tacos for dinner that night. I told my babysitter, just sit with my kids for a minute. I'll be right back. Right. And I go to the store and I'm in there for like hours. I'm talking to the deli guy. I don't know why I'm getting deli meat for tacos that night. I'm putting all sorts of stuff in my cart. I don't know what I'm doing it for. And I cannot understand the deli guy. Like he's not speaking English to me. And he's just like asking me something. And I'm like, what? I'm looking at him like, he's crazy. I'm like, I don't know what you just said. Okay, what again? And he tells me again. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah, I still to this day, he probably asked me how thick I wanted it cut. I don't know, but I don't know what he was saying because I was just like in this alternate like state of consciousness. I don't know what it was, but it was like I couldn't handle it all. So what I ended up doing even was abandoning sometimes if it's too people <laughs> and it's just, I mean, just because it's too people right? And, and I I can't yeah. imagine what it's like suffering from a TBI that that puts you in that position regularly. I mean, I I enjoy going to Costco. I enjoy going to Winco. I enjoy people. Um, but you do, I mean, just the average person can get worn out. And when you have that coming at you all the time, I can't even imagine how exhausting that is. It is exhausting. Well, I don't get out much, though, is the thing. So I'm cooped up a lot. But that also kind of makes it worse because then when I do get out, like even a little bit of people is a, like a lot to me now. So I don't really go into stores anymore. Like I'll go into like the little hometown store up at the corner here because it's never very many people in there. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like I won't go to malls. I won't go to like Target. I won't go to Walmart, like just to pick up my groceries at the curb or not even groceries. I'll order like whatever I need from Walmart there, like and pick it up because I get to things delivered now too. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so interesting to me. I mean, like I said, I always knew you as, I mean, just an absolute, you were a social butterfly you belong to every group, at least a little bit. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry you're, you're experiencing this. Um, Thanks. I just, you know, wow. Breaks my heart for you, but, but, but I've also seen how far you've come in the very beginning. You were really struggling and you shared it. You were so open. You were so raw and I know so many people that aren't strong enough or brave enough or feel shame or guilt or, or embarrassment over these kind of things. And you were just, you've always been very open about your journey, which can be inspiring to other people with traumatic brain injury because they don't know if what they're going through is normal. They just know what they're going through. Right. And I feel like so many of us feel so isolated like we're on our own little island in our world too but then we don't realize that there are more of us out there you know at first I used to be like nobody out there understands nobody you know but there are people that are like me that even though it's a little different for them they understand and they understand that it's a little different for them you know what I mean Hmm. yeah so you know they get it Um, and that's really nice when you can find a community like online there's some tbi communities that i've come across that that's been like where i've gotten like more information than i've gotten from a neurologist (laughs) regarding my brain what's going on with me what i can do to help like exercises i can do you know ways i can make my day run smoother so i've had to learn to like adjust and accommodate for myself for where I'm not the same anymore, you know, just to make the day work for me. And it's not really working like the way I want it to work, but it's working better. I just keep like tweaking it a little as I learn, you know, what's best and what works for us. Cause it's not really just me. It's my kids. Right. 
So it has to like work for them too. So they're really affected too by it all. Like their, their life has changed so much. And I feel bad for them because they had this like doting mother that was like doing science projects and art crafts with them. Like every day, every moment, like just right there with them, you know, and playing with them and everything. And now I'm like too tired to do that. Or I don't want to make an extra mess because it's too much on me already. And like, I'm just not fun anymore. You know? Oh, Angel, I don't believe that for a moment. It might be different. It might be different, but I don't think that there's lack of fun. I think it's just a little different. You they definitely have- love me. Like, yeah, I know that much. Yeah. But you, you know, you still have the same smile. You still have the same laugh. You still light up every room that you're in, even if you're not in a lot of rooms anymore. You know, Thank and you. It's, you just, you're really an inspiring person watching you fight and claw your way through this instead of throwing your hands up and giving up and sitting back and saying, I can't. Oh, right? there's been Although moments. there are things you are not <laughs> capable of doing, you're not letting things stop you from living. See, I've had moments, but they were moments, you know, and what keeps me going is I'm like, I have no choice. Like these guys need me. They're counting on me. So there's no giving up. It's not an option. And here's the thing. I could roll over and play dead and be like, oh, this is so horrible, but life's going to keep going on with or without me. And it's going to march right across my face. And then I'm going to be in a worse situation, (laughs) you know? So it's like, just keep going, you know? Yeah. So, so what are some struggles? Like, so you talk about your kids and I know, did you say you're homeschooling? We are. We started out just doing like an online public school um, because last year was really, really rough. I mean, I was barely coherent for most of it. And their dad was doing transportation for them. And I was just really out of the mix. Like I didn't know what was going on really, you know, and um, Ava ended up failing first grade. She still can't read. Um, She had really great relationships like bonds with her preschool teachers and her kindergarten teacher so when she started kindergarten I knew we were going to have issues and I said hey is Ava doing okay like because she would throw tantrums with her teacher like we're pretty sure she has ADHD like we're we're through going through the process of having her evaluated and stuff so um we knew when she was little like her preschool teacher told us you know when she gets older you might want to have them look at her you know and so we, um, her, her kindergarten teacher said, no, Ava's fine. I love Ava. I know how to handle Ava. She's like, she's just like my daughter. My daughter had ADHD. And I was like, okay. So she had a good bond with her kindergarten teacher. When she got to first grade, she and her first grade teacher just didn't like mesh at all. And so she didn't have that relationship with her. And Ava is sassy and she's stubborn. And so she was like, her teacher told me at her teacher conference that Ava will give her like the silent treatment and like roll her eyes at her and look the other way. And like, I'm like so embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Ava. (laughs) But I mean, I said, Ava, you can't treat adults like that. But at the same time, like, I feel like Ava treats people the way she gets treated in a sense. And I think she just didn't feel respected in that, in that situation. And so she didn't try at all in class and she didn't try with anything. And I didn't know anything about like 
she'd bring home her homework folder and it would have things that were like not completed on the leave at home side. And I'm just like all the time, I'm like, well, I don't know. Do you have to take this back or is this done? They need to finish it or what is going on, you know? And she'd be like, oh no, that's for here. That's on the, the leave at home side. And like just so much random stuff. And you hand me a bunch of papers and I'm going to set them down on the table and I'm never going to look at them again because yeah. it's like too much, you know? And so she was not getting homework done. And so then she, they put her in an after school program and that was an extra trip for her dad and his girlfriend to like go pick her up from there later instead of earlier. And so that was like a hassle. But she, I said, what do you do there? Because her grades were still bad. And I said, um, what do you do there? And she said, well, we wait for all the other kids to go home. And then we go line up and we go in the cafeteria and we have a snack. And then we line up again and go back to the classroom and we play a game. I'm assuming it's a learning game, obviously, and they're learning things, but I feel like they're only there for an hour after school. And to me, I just felt like, yeah, I understand why they're giving the kids a snack and most parents for them, that's what they want for their kids. But I'm just like, she's not really getting the kind of one-on-one -on -one she needs. So I'm like, well, I taught preschool. I didn't teach first grade. So I started having her come home and on the days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, ride the bus home. And I would work with her one-on-one -on -one instead. She started getting her homework in, getting good grades on her homework, but it was too late in the year already. And so she failed first grade. And I was like, I felt the mom guilt. Like I wasn't present this whole year. I wasn't doing what I would have been. I wasn't like the room mom. I didn't do anything for her class, you know? And I felt like bad. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to do online school so I can be more involved and I'm not going to let this happen again, you know? So we started that and that just wasn't the route for us. And I actually took on full on homeschool and I was like, am I crazy? But I like it better. Actually, it's better for us because we go at our own pace and we're able to do like um, with the curriculum we have, we're able to do Ava and Mason because they're just like kindergarten and first grade. The same like history, social studies, science, um, those those subjects we do it like the same um, theme. And so it's like we do it together. So I don't have to like separate them and be doing their own thing on the computer. I have to click them through because they're so little they can't read everything like the directions, they don't know, like they click wrong things. So I'm helping them. They're learning how to manage the mouse, but I'm trying to like not let them pick the wrong answer on accident or push go on accident, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of other things with them being so young and it being on the computer that was making it difficult. So, I mean, I work online from home and I'm taking like my time out of work to do that. I'm like, oh, well, my kids come first right now, you know? So that was a big sacrifice I made. And I didn't even know if I could like mentally wise, like go the whole day doing like school with them and stop hitting your brother and eat your food and you know, like pick up that mess, like just all day long. Cause they were going to daycare part of the day before. So I had a break from them. I was like not having them constantly 24 seven. And so it's been like hard working up to like, me being able to like go the whole day like at first when Ava would like not focus and stuff she would take longer with her work and so 
Mason wouldn't get to do his work that day, I'd be like, we're going to start with you tomorrow, Mason, because mom's brain is done. And I felt bad about that. And so when we found this other program that we're doing now, this curriculum, like it makes it so we work together more as a family and it's more like laid back. Like we, I don't have to be riding their asses all day. Like, I'm just like, okay, guys, let's do that. You know, and they do PE together and like, we just have fun with it now. Like it's, it's like flowing with us now. And I'm not having to be like a drill sergeant all day and like worried, like I've got to get some work done. I got, you know, like, <laughs> Well, that's, that's what I mean. That goes right back to the fact that you say you're not fun anymore. And it looks like you are. I mean, well, I try. you get to, you get to do those things with your children and, you know, you have traumatic brain injury. Sounds like Ava may have some struggles with ADHD and you, again, instead of just rolling over and giving up, you, you've made changes in your life and your children's life to be as, as uh oh it's been a long day as uh productive right that's the word <laughs> it's been a long day uh <laughs> as productive as possible and that's just really admirable well, um, thank you I know I know so many people so so many people that are up against traumatic brain injury or um I had a friend with epilepsy and uh she was told she couldn't work and she's like, the hell I can't, maybe I can't, you know, drive a school bus, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's something I can do. And yeah. she did. And she's been working since she was 18 instead of being, well, she was, she's on, she has social security, like part-time, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing watching people not, not say I can't because, but okay, I need to do this differently. Yeah. You just adapt, you know, and that's the same way with like my symptoms. Like I just slowly learn how to cope with them or work around them or yeah. Like accommodate myself kind of deal, you know? (laughs) Incredible. So, well, Angela, we only have a few more minutes, but I want to hear some more, um, some more about how you, you handle TBI. So specifically, um, TBI is a big monster. And like you said, it's different for everyone. But what what would you say is the most important thing for someone to understand when they have a loved one with TBI? So I feel like right now there's like not a whole lot of awareness about what it actually is. And a lot of people think they know what it is, but they don't realize that like everybody's TBI is like, a fingerprint. It's like different for everybody because of who they are before the TBI, because of the kind of TBI they sustain could be different. Like mine was a hemorrhaging stroke. So some people, they get hit in the head or, you know, there's a whole bunch of ways you can get a TBI and it's going to like affect different parts of your brain, depending on where it's located as well. And then there's just like the things that are common because you are rebuilding like neuroplasticity. Great. Thank God for that. But it wears you out. And so we all have that fatigue and that like those symptoms that like dizziness and the things like that, especially at first, you kind of, for me anyway, I kind of like grew a little out of the fatigue and the dizzy spells and stuff like that. Um, 
but my eyesight is what gets me now. If I don't have my glasses on, like some muscles stretched. And so if I don't have my glasses on, everything is blurry and double. And so when this first happened, I was like, I'm going blind. <laughs> I was so worried until I went to the eye doctor and they're like, oh no, it's just this. This is what happened to you. I'm like, oh, okay. So they put this thing on my lens that or into my lens that like made it better, but I can't find my glasses. <laughs> so of course. Yeah, it's been like a week. I have my sunglasses. That's why I had my sunglasses on my head. When I first got on with you, I was like, oh, take those off because I'll put them on in case I need to see something because I don't, they're so dark for in the house though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I have ADHD and it's fun when you, uh, you put something somewhere very safe and then you can't remember where the safe spot is. And you're like, I, and then you find it later and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> You know what else I'll use these for is in crowded places. So they help to like block stimulus out like sunglasses or like earplugs. Those are some of the like things that people will do to not have so much stimulus when they have TBI. Yeah. They have to be in crowds. So Angela, one more question. Um, as a mother with TBI, what would you say to another mom with TBI, similar to yours or not, but somebody who's struggling with TBI and parenting young children, what is your number one piece of advice to them on how to get through this part of it? I think that for me, the hardest part was dealing with, I felt guilty to, to take care of myself first, but what I learned was that I had to take care of myself first because if I didn't, I'm going to lose my patience on them. I'm going to snap at them. I'm going to not be the best mom I can be because I'm not my best. So you always have to make sure to take care of you first. Make sure you're getting enough rest. Make sure you're getting the right nutrition. Like if you need therapies, get to your therapies. Like make sure you're doing the things that make you better and rejuvenate you and your brain gets what it needs, you know? Oh, Angela, I absolutely love that. I think that's a reoccurring theme in a lot of these podcasts is, uh, you know, I have moms telling me I need, I need to remember to take care of me first. And it's so refreshing to know that that's true across the board. As moms, we need to take care of ourselves first. Like you said, we can't mm -hmm. be there for them if we're not there for ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's hard for us because we do feel that mom guilt, like to take like anything like we feel we're taking from them for ourselves, but you've got to look at it another way. You've got to change your perspective and flip it and be like, no, if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of them the way they deserve, you know? Right. Right. So, all right. Well, Angela, it was incredible having you on. I really, really appreciate you. I would like to jump on again in the future and talk a little bit more in depth uh I uh, and you know keep posting on Facebook I'm going to keep following you keep rooting you on from across the bridge and uh for everybody else please remember again I am not a professional mental pro mental health provider uh please don't take any of this as medical advice it is simply an opportunity to create an open space for conversations if you are in crisis please call 988 at the, uh, the national crisis hotline and if you are in danger, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. And with that, Angela, thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope thank to talk you. To you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.